Loving myself happened in small ways. It first started with forgiveness. I had to catch myself in the midst of harsh judgment and tell myself to let that ish go. It started with me looking in the mirror and being honest with myself because I know I really could indulge in some comfort food, but it was time for me to let it go. Loving myself started with, you're cute girl, but wear the clothes that actually make you feel bold. Cause I never actually felt seen when I was wearing less clothes. Loving myself started with smiling just because I wanted to. I wanted to be happy. I, I wanted to glow. And even though I didn't feel like I was the prettiest girl, loving myself started with patience. Just because I was ready to grow didn't mean that my flowers were ready to bloom. Loving myself required watering. It required late nights talking, safe spaces, and endless crying. It required romance that wasn't just fine dining. It required falling and failing and falling off track again and still coming back, trying. Loving myself meant trying trying to be the woman I saw at the end of the journey and telling her she can come now. She can start now. The rest of her is becoming. Loving myself happened in small ways. It's been a journey. And so we are back on the Fiona podcast, a podcast by me, where I hope to, t- where I hope to <laughs> do a podcast. No, sir. Um, but uh, this is where I hope to connect with people from all walks of life to talk about life. Um, and a huge shout out to everybody who has been extremely patient with me, um, but also extremely motivating as I had to find myself again. I also had to go through life in order to talk about life with y'all. But I'm excited to get back into this, um, talk a little bit more about our healing, talk about our empowerment, and on this episode specifically, talk about our liberation. So I'm going to stop talking on this intro so we can finally get into episode four. Hi friends and welcome back. I am so excited to welcome you to the Fiona podcast. It, it's been a long time coming and I thank you all for your unwavering patience and motivation while I have been away. I am back. I am so ready and excited to get into this and to do so unapologetically. So without further ado, let's get into it. During my time away, a wise man once told me that we can share thousands of wise quotes on social media, but the only thing that truly makes those things wise is practical application. And on that very quote, I have my baby to thank because while I have been away, I have been living. I have been practically applying what I've come to believe is the source of my liberation. And I really do think this might help you find yours. You might be asking how, and really I hope you're asking how, because otherwise I don't have a podcast. (laughs) So here's what I think. I think some people, myself included, may be afraid of their freedom just as badly as they desire it. And this isn't a bad thing or as profound as it may seem. It actually makes a lot of sense. It seems too obvious to be true. So it may be why you're thinking, that's not me. I'm hungry for freedom, so ain't no way I'm afraid of it. To which I then ask you, why aren't you living in your freedom now? 
being afraid of your freedom isn't so obvious. And I realized this first within myself. When I committed to this journey of healing and empowerment so that I can live freely, aka live in my liberation, I had no idea I was actually committing to accountability. I had to take responsibility over my life in order to become the author of my destiny. Becoming the author of your destiny is just another way of me saying, take ownership over your life. And to do so, it requires accountability. These days, we hear and come across tons of advertisements and cute posts and phrases that tell us we are powerful, you are in control, love yourself, let it go, and the rest will unfold. But that's not the full picture. So few actually take the time to tell you how to activate that power past the superficial level. And that's why I'm going to talk to you in this episode about how and why you have to dig deeper. And I do this through the lens of my own experience. Taking ownership over your life is more than making broad statements. So it's more than just saying you're a boss babe or you're a queen that slays or whatever sounds catchy these days. It can start there, but it really takes off when you become present and actively aware of your daily decisions. And that's where change in my life started happening And it's almost mind-blowing how different my day-to-day livelihood has since then changed. I will say taking ownership over my life has been a challenge. It's not as easy as you may believe or assume it to be. And that's why I started getting frustrated with these advertisements. I was being told left and right by friends and strangers, I'm a queen. I'm a boss babe. And I started getting frustrated because I would receive these compliments but I didn't feel like them on the inside. A part of me always knew that I have experienced success and that I could continue to become even more successful. And all it would take was me finally deciding, no more messing around, no more wasting time, I'm going to accomplish something. And those days would come, but they would never last. The type of ownership that I desire over my life and in yours is the type of success that we can bask in daily. So that means true success isn't tied to your accomplishments. It's tied to your quality of life. It's how you spend your days living and pursuing your unique purpose and passions with an abundance of joy, with an abundance of love for yourself and your neighbor. Taking ownership over your life, like any responsibility, will require work. It requires you showing up, paying attention to yourself, and then doing the work. On paper or in thought, this seemed like something that should be able to happen naturally. At least I thought it did. I assumed since this is my life and I'm the person living in my body, that when I want to change, all I would have to do is decide to flip the switch. If I no longer wanted to be a lazy person, I would declare from that day forward, I am a productive person. And I would do that and success would follow. But many of those days came, yet none of them would last. What this alludes to is a very important and underrated lesson. Motivation versus purpose. Many of those days will come where motivation to succeed will see me through. But they would never last. They would never last because I didn't know that motivation wouldn't be enough to finish this life marathon. Your life is a marathon. If you ever listen to professional athletes, you hear them say that it takes discipline and a much bigger purpose to push their bodies to and past their limits. They often have their mindset on a much bigger goal, on a much bigger purpose, So they don't just rely on the excitement of motivation to bring them to the finish line. I'll spend more time getting into this on a different episode, but for now, this is what I want you to take away. 
A person with a purpose will always outlast a person who is motivated. In me doing the work, what I actually have figured out is that it takes much more than making that first general decision to change. Doing the work, taking ownership over your life, requires you actively choosing different ways in which you live every day. I'm gonna say that again. Doing the work, so taking ownership over your life, requires you actively choosing different ways in which you live every day. It comes down to every decision that you make being important. And before that overwhelms you, comfort it with the thought and truth that your life is worth it. You are so very important that every decision you make is a big deal because you are a big deal. I believe it so much that I decided to create this podcast. Today, I believe we are so far removed from being in charge of our own lives because we are products of society rather than producers in a society. What I mean by that is that there are more of us who become what society tells us to be and we follow whatever society tells us to do versus us being people in a society that produces things that can contribute to our lived experiences. In other words, we are consumers, not producers. And if you are a consumer, you are not in charge of what is being produced. You receive whatever is provided to you. Now, if you are a producer, a producer has ownership over their life. They think, what can I create? What can I do? What can I produce? to make society, to make my life a better one. And right now, the main producers in society are not that concerned about your daily existence. Producers and consumers have two different ways of thinking. Therefore, two very different ways of living. If you made the first general decision to change your life, that is great. I am truly clapping for you. In fact, that's my round of applause to you. The next step is going to require that you unlearn and notice all the habits you've been engaged in that have maintained your former life. That's the process of healing as I define it. Healing is a process of self-awareness. It's the unlearning of things that you do that keep you functioning as a consumer, or rather it keeps you living in the ways that haven't been fulfilling. Healing should be bringing about a new way of thinking. So you have to ask yourself a lot of whys in order to get to the core of the purest version of your existence. This is often when we give up because we give up because it opens up a can of worms or Pandora's box, have you? And that makes you want to close it back up, push all those things back in there, and then push them away because what do we often say? Not today, Satan, right? But you actually have to sort that business out, bring it to your terms so that they no longer control you. And instead, you control them once you're able to define them. When you know what something is or what something means to you, you don't have to bat your eyes at it any longer than you want. You're in control. And choosing to go through whatever it is inside of your Pandora's box will require work. For some people, it might mean getting therapy. It might mean going to counseling, going to the gym, getting new friends, getting rid of some of your friends, creating boundaries, having some overdue conversations. It might even mean forgiveness. Whatever it is, you're in control, consider it your business, and you have to handle it. I call that healing.
I created this podcast to share with you the steps and realizations that I've made on my own. And hopefully through sharing these, I can make your transition an achievable one too. I'm not saying do exactly what I did, but I do think this world can become a much more loving place if we become more familiar with our own struggles and therefore the struggles of one another. That will take vulnerability, but it will also lead to compassion. So really, I hope that by sharing my story, it'll inspire you to take ownership over yours. And let me say, I am at a place of happiness and peace, but it does come at a cost, a cost that has been a challenge, but I promise you, you have the strength to pay it and it is so worth it. There is no price that I can place on the peace I've attained because it has brought forward an abundance of joy. And through the Fiona podcast, I hope to share some insight on how to make this commitment, how to make this journey, this transition bearable, but even more so, how to make this experience an affirming one, because we all are going through it, and I know I'm not the first to admit it. Let me introduce to you the three Ps that helped me through this lifelong journey that's an everyday commitment. I love alliterations, I'm a sucker for them actually. And they help me memorize things ever since grade school and I believe they stick to our minds more easily so we can recall on them quicker. So the three Ps we got are patience, practice, and persistence. Those are the three Ps, patience, practice, and persistence. I want you to hold on to those. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. But remember, patience, practice, and persistence. Those are the three Ps that show up as necessities in the journey. So I'm going to take you guys back to the beginning of mine. But remember, patience, practice, and persistence. Before any of this started for me, And by this, I mean my liberation. Because as I told you, I am very happy in my life. It's not a perfect life. Do understand that. But I am happy with it. So back to the beginning, before all of this started for me. I was afraid of the hard work. That sounds foreign to me, because I consider myself a pretty confident person. But I didn't know about this fear right off the bat. Now that I've moved past my starting point, I look back and I realize I wasn't living this way before because I was afraid, and that makes sense. Aren't you afraid of what you don't know? Some of you, maybe not. But for me, the control freak that I am and was, and therefore still unlearning, didn't know how to approach the unknown. This was an epiphany for me. It has certainly become the truth and reason why I wasn't living in my liberation. If you don't know what lies before you, you are least likely to go after it. Sometimes that's a good thing because it protects us. But in this conversation, it is not necessarily a bad thing because words carry rape. So I would rather say it is something that is holding us back from discovering we are so much more than what we are currently doing. I used to constantly think, even daydream about all the wonderful things that I wanted to do and become in life. And after every fantasy, I would snap back into reality with a sigh. A sigh of, you know, yeah, that was a good thought, but not yet. Or, you know, one day that'll be me. Many of those days came, but they would never last. And I realized they would never last if I didn't make the daily choice to live it. I'll tell you, the main difference between you and the person living out their dream right now is discipline. They are disciplined through patience, practice, and perseverance. They have the perseverance to go after it. Notice I didn't say anything that has to do with their status, whether they're good, 
a bad person, privileged, talented or not, whatever it is you think that makes a person more qualified to be quote unquote more successful than you or just successful in general. None of that is true. The people living out their dreams authentically and healthily are the ones who are disciplined. Discipline doesn't know the difference between a bad person or a good person. Discipline just works for the person who practices it. Now, I acknowledge and understand that privilege and access does make success happen more easily, but I've seen successful people inherit fame and fortune and still fail or still be notably unhappy. Not because the money went away. I mean, maybe it did, but I bet you they didn't have the discipline to maintain it. They probably lack self-awareness to learn that incorporating their unique purpose would be the only way to keep the inheritance going. Because what works for the person before you doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You got to discover what your purpose is and then make it your living. This includes your happiness. It takes discipline to succeed at anything in life. I believe that to be a fact so much so that I deem it to be a principle of success. If you want to succeed at anything in this life, you need to be disciplined enough to learn about it just as much as you need the discipline to do right by it. And here's the catch. This is where I think a lot of us end up existing. There are more and more and more distractions that stand in the way between you and your ability to focus and become disciplined. That's why most of our roles in society are consumers. We will take what they give us. We take, 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 we take it all in and don't focus so much anymore on producing what we believe. The current top producers in society or influencers have you are the ones who have your attention. Everyone is in competition for your attention. I'm sure you've heard that somewhere before because if they have your attention, you're gonna take whatever it is they give you, consumers. Choosing what you do with your time and energy, so where you put your attention, will produce a certain outcome. That's why I call self-love an act of discipline. You have to choose where your time and energy goes, and you have to choose to give yourself that attention. You have to choose to use your power over yourself. If you give your time and energy to producers, you become whatever it is that they give you. Now, if you put your time and energy into yourself, you will become what you believe you are worth. You have to choose to say yes or no to some things that will otherwise consume your attention and keep you away from doing what it is you are truly supposed to be doing, not just what you wanna do, because sometimes what we should be doing isn't necessarily what we want to be doing. But if you want to succeed at anything in life, I'll tell you, seek discipline. Self-love is an act of choosing yourself. To achieve discipline, you have to eliminate distractions. This is what I would consider the less enjoyable part of the journey because it is so hard giving up habits or things that we are used to doing that brings us joy. But my friend, mi amigo, darling, you have to choose different if you want different. Notice I've been saying choose a lot. I noticed I was saying choose a lot as I'm speaking out loud. I'm like, man, I'm over here saying choose, choose, choose. But it is your choices. It's truly your choices that matter. So if you choose different, you will get different. Because what you've been doing hasn't gotten you anywhere. Or maybe it has. But now your life is plateaued. That means it's time to elevate. You got to shake things up. You have to reconsider. What else is a distraction on my way to my goals? And that is hard work. But it is the right thing for you to be doing. I wanna share with you this quote from one of my favorite mentors, Dr. Monroe. And he says, just because something is good doesn't mean it is right. I remember the first time I heard that and I was just like, hold up, what? So I'm gonna say it again for you. 
Just because something is good doesn't mean it is right. What does that mean? It means everything. For instance, social media, for me, that thing is good. I love my Instagram, but it was not right for me and my goals. It took me away from myself. It took my time. It was one of my biggest distractions, and yet it was one of the biggest platforms for me to connect with people and feel good about myself. And that's an example of something that's good, but not necessarily right. Another thing that's good, but not right, was some of the people I was hanging out with. I have a good time with people. I love meeting people. I love talking to people sometimes, (laughs) but I love going out and being around people. But when I started to become more critical about my time, I soon realized some of these good people were wasting my time or bringing me back into things I already learned weren't any good for me. But because I was with them and I'm a sucker for a good time, whatever they were doing, best believe since that's where my time and energy was being spent, I would end up back into these situations, back into these habits that I already outgrew. The social scene and relationships and friendships is really challenging to navigate. So I really do look forward to doing a podcast dedicated to navigating friendships and relationships in a way that allows us to create healthy boundaries, which is another way that we can practice discipline. But I share that to say that there are probably a few people you hang out with or make time for that you don't really need to be around. And that's no shade, but that's the name of the game, discipline. You have the power to make the choice. And sometimes our choices may make us seem like a good person, but it's not actually what's right for us. And if you're doing something that's not right for you, where's the good in that? Again, this is something I'll definitely go more in depth on in another episode, but This is something that I endured in my journey and still am, and I have to pay attention to this as I move forward. I want to now take you guys back to um, talking about taking your time and energy, and now we're going to use it as currency. Your time and energy is your currency. It is the price you place on yourself. So how much are you worth? You better be thinking a lot because you are worth a lot. But what you give your time and energy to is who you become. So practicing self-care is a form of self-love. Becoming disciplined and taking back time for yourself and putting your energy into the things that revitalize you is self-love. And that is a discipline. So back to Instagram. You know I love my Instagram. That is one of the things that has been taking up my time and energy. And in my own world, the way I was keeping up with Instagram, I must have thought I was going to become an influencer until I was like, oh, Fiona, hold on. You're definitely not. (laughs) But I realized that's not for me because I couldn't keep up with putting out new content every day. It was draining me. It was draining my time. And if anything drains you in life, that's a key sign that is not for you. What you're supposed to be doing will always energize you. So I found myself in a place where I was getting dressed or looking for the perfect staged aesthetic to post on my story, post on my page, just about every day. And yes, some of those things were good. And this is not to knock people who have successful livelihoods doing this. But for me, because this is my life and my podcast, that was not the right place or way for me to be exchanging my time and energy. Not every day, at least, because my end game is not to become an influencer. But it felt good being able to keep up and share some amazing content, get an instant reaction, have a conversation or two with people I otherwise wouldn't cross paths with. Those are all good things. They are all good things. But... They aren't right for me to be doing every day. So I had a choice to make. I had to eliminate the feel-good distractions in order to make time and space 
for my energy to go into something else, something that would add value towards my own personal life goals. And that's when I realized how overwhelmed I was by distractions. There are things I was constantly doing in my day-to-day that helped me get through, but they didn't help me move forward. So to conclude my little Instagram rant, every now and then I take a hiatus from Instagram because like I said, it's a good platform. It's an avenue to success for some, and it's a great way to stay connected. But like anything in life, if something is done in excess, it becomes spoiled or it takes over your every thought and it blinds you from other things that are important. Whenever I take a social media break, I notice my productivity rate skyrocketed. All of a sudden, since I was no longer on social media, I had extra time and energy that I would now reallocate. For instance, something so small and actually kind of funny to me, and this is something that I've always wanted to work on, was not being late. I hated being late to things. Anytime I'm late to something, I would show up with an attitude. And for what? I can't be mad at the people who are on time. So I was mad at myself. I wanted to be somebody who was on time to things, if not early. And I know CPT is a thing that we laugh about. Well, people of color can laugh about. But I wanted to be the type of person who was on time and someone who respected people's time. Because that then meant I could demand the same of others. You can't ask for something in life that you're not also willing to give. That's the philosophy I live by. And low-key, I used to mumble and groan about my culture for making me okay with being late, as if my skin tone was the thing holding me back from making it on time. It wasn't too hard for me to start being on time whenever I took a break from social media. Now, that's quick maths. Now... If I was on a break from social media and still late, I usually could pinpoint it back to me either procrastinating getting ready or losing track of time while I was getting ready. Whatever it was, I quickly could come to the realization that I could only blame myself. So I hope what you're starting to see here is how discipline, the need for discipline, shows up in almost everything. Eliminating the distraction of social media freed up my focus and my energy because my mind was no longer wondering about or how or when my fire fit would make a debut on the gram. When I'm active on social media, my days look like this. Take time thinking about a fire fit, take time posing in front of the mirror for my daily pick, and then spend the day lingering in my car longer than usual trying to catch the perfect selfie because we all know the lighting hits different after driving. Now, if I flip the script, flip the script, if I flip the switch, you could say script too, but if I flip the switch and take a break from social media, I was getting dressed and ready in a timely manner and was making it to all my rendezvous on time. All of a sudden, I had a significant amount of time to do other things in the morning, I was more energized and aware of my daily routine, so much so that I've been able to add a morning workout and, this is for my coffee lovers, I had time to add a coffee stop without feeling guilty or pressed for time. And the only thing I was doing differently was limiting my distractions in my daily routine. I was paying attention to what I did with my time. I made every decision count. I still wholeheartedly take time to put together a fire fit. I'm not saying don't do that. Like that's really stealing a little bit of joy that we still have in our lives. (laughs) But I don't need to post it every day on Instagram, at least not at the stage I'm at right now, because I don't have the discipline emotionally or mentally to do that without being a harsh self-critic. When I'm a harsh self-critic, God bless me, I take more time finding the right pose, finding the right lighting, and taking way too many pictures. That's me using my time unwisely. 
through practicing self-discipline though, I've come to know my limits. I've come to know my limitations. I've come to know my weak points. And that's been a very good thing. Like I've said before, because of the nature of being a harsh self-critic, I could never just take one picture and be done with it. So when I eliminated social media as one of my daily habits, I experienced a dramatic shift in my life. At first, I was like, look at me, doing a great job, showing up on time and doing a whole nine yard. But when I really thought about it, I was like, ooh, I'm not taking as long to get ready because I'm not scrolling on Instagram anymore. I'm not obsessing over my next story. I'm not taking too much time to post or react to other stories. I was taking my time and my energy back and using it to make my own morning coffee. Yes, fun fact, I no longer feel the need to make it to Starbucks every morning because I've low-key always wanted to be the woman who had a peaceful enough morning to make her own coffee. And now that I can do that, I only make my Starbucks runs as a treat to myself. And in return, I am saving a little money. So I no longer am thrilled by the pleasure of making a Starbucks run to then post it on my story. These were all things that were taking up my time. A small example of them, and once I started doing things differently, they made a huge difference in my life. I'm not saying don't enjoy these things, but be honest with yourself. Are you disciplined enough to limit how much time and energy you're putting into them? If the answer is no, then take a step back and reassess. Another thing that changed for me since I was no longer succumbing to the pleasures of social media, and I feel silly admitting this one, this is me being vulnerable, but I started to save a significant amount of money on my outfits. And my favorite thing going for me right now is that I am a self-made fashionista. I have become significantly more comfortable exploring my own sense of style. When I changed my mindset to use what I got instead of go buy what's hot and trendy, I have come a long way in my fashion taste. And I really think it's because I am giving myself more time to think and be creative. Again, not much has changed. I am still rotating the same set of clothes that I've had for years. But my creativity is flowing much more freely and easily now since I stopped worrying about posting it on my story or being mentally mortified about wearing the same outfit twice like laundry doesn't exist. Or, you know, not being able to enjoy my fashion sense because I didn't have what was trending. These were small things that I didn't think were that serious but when I changed where I placed my attention, it truly did change my lifestyle and fashion since I wasn't worrying about these distractions. So discipline helps you choose where you wanna put your attention, which is, again, attention is your time and energy. And in return, it produces certain results. When I step away from social media, I lose access to the thousands of followers and stories that constantly make me think about myself through somebody else's eyes. When I finally log off, I'm able to silence those thoughts, work on myself privately, and that has ultimately boosted my confidence, narrowed my focus, and dramatically elevated my self-esteem. Now, I told you this earlier, but I'm going to say it again. These are things I did in my life that have helped me move forward and into the glory of my liberation. Therefore, the way I have established my happiness might not be the same thing you need to do to empower yours. So I share these things as examples of a fraction of what it may look like to seek discipline, what it looks like to practice self-love. Your discipline is rooted in your habits. 
And social media was a habit in my daily routine that was distracting me from thinking for myself and living for myself. There are certainly other things that I have done and had to do that have contributed to my attempts towards a disciplined life. But I share with you my decisions around social media because I feel like that's the most relatable and relevant thing that I'm still going through. So if you're interested in hearing about the other things I've endured in the journey, stay tuned on my podcast and you'll hear about them. I am selective with what I share and who I share these things with because that's how I maintain the value of my worth and my peace of mind. But more often than not, I am happy to talk about these things and a future project of mine will be providing these services and safe places so I can help people one-on-one. What we don't know in the pursuit of success, and if you don't know by now, I measure my success by my ability to love myself. When I am an un- when I am when I am unapologetically and purely in love with myself as the godly spirit I am, I can trust that I am fulfilling my God-given purpose. I can trust that I'm doing what God has placed me on this earth to do. And I am doing what's best for me. And I am surrounded by those whom I love and they love me back. So often, What we don't know in the pursuit of success is what stops us from going after it. In other words, the unknown stops us from accessing our fullest potential. What we don't know or what we may know might intimidate us and freeze us from ever going after it. Intimidation is another example of fear. That's why I started this podcast saying we may be afraid of our freedom and not even know it. I've seen people live great lives and do great things, and therefore I believe I could achieve those great things for myself. But because I don't know what awaits me on the journey, I hesitate going after it, or I get comfortable postponing it. You have to believe that you are already equipped with the creativity and ability to make your vision, your liberation, a successful reality. I believe it for myself, And therefore, I believe that for you. It's now been three to four-ish years into my journey of healing, empowerment, and liberation. And I've noticed that discipline shows up everywhere with everything that I've been working on healing. And that's why my prayer for you and for anybody who embarks on this journey is to find the discipline to see it through. You must be patient because this is a journey that you will embark on for the rest of your life. There's no final destination. You can always become better than who you were yesterday, but you have to constantly go after it. Practice what you learn and practice who you want to be daily until you become that version of yourself. And last of all, you must be persistent. You must be persistent in spite of the challenges that will come if you're going to commit to anything. I'm a spoken word artist. I opened this podcast up with a poem and I hope you liked it. So I learned through analogies. I'm good at finding metaphors. So humor me as I try to break it down like this. I'm gonna use a classic door metaphor because I believe we're opening up doors to a new life and I want you to see why the discipline is a key. So you have four doors before you. And they all have labels, except for one. The first door is the door without a label. This is the life you got going on. Label it what you want, you know your business. Door number one is the life you are currently living. We're gonna pass over that door. Move on to door number two. This door is labeled danger. Do not open, bad things will happen. I hope you don't open this door. These are the things we already know in life that if we get involved with, they could lead us down a path of self-destruction. So we don't need to explore this door either. So moving right along. Now we're at door number three. This door is labeled success, happiness, prosperity, and peace await for you. Open up. This door is appealing. This door has my attention. In fact, it's had my attention. I've been here before. 
So we're going to spend some time here at door number three, because this is where many days happen, but never last. I turn the knob to door number three, and wow, it is everything that I expected. Good vibes. I'm excited. Things work out in my favor. Life is great. The further I go down the path, the better it gets. I have a good time here at door number three. I spend time here. It might be days, it might be weeks, who knows, it might even be years. It depends how far my excitement gets me. But over the course of time, I get tired here and there, but that's, that's nothing. That's something I can get used to. I know life isn't perfect, so it's a given. I'm still motivated. I'm still moving along. Now, one day, something terribly dramatic or traumatic happens, and my motivation to finish this great journey is shattered. I don't like what's going on here anymore. I'm going to try to avoid these crazy things, so I take a step back. I'm trying to protect myself here, so I take another step back. Oof, I'm not feeling too good about this anymore. This is getting hard here at door number three. I take a quick side step, another side step here, a couple more steps back. I find a couple detours. I wander down some paths. I'm looking for shortcuts. I have officially lost my sense of direction. I take another step back. Now I'm ducking and dodging the path, tripping on things I already passed. My motivation is gone. I am now losing adrenaline. I have no vision as to where I'm going. And before you know it, I find myself right back at the beginning. I see the door. I take a deep breath. I sigh out of relief or fatigue, who knows, but I see that door. That was quite the journey, I think to myself. Things got a little crazy and out of my control, so all of a sudden, I just didn't know what to do with myself anymore. Maybe I'll try journeying down this road again, or maybe not. I guess some things just weren't meant to be. I want those things, but I don't want no drama or trauma that is connected with them. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. So maybe one day, another day, when I'm ready, I'll try it again. I reach for the doorknob and I close the door behind me at door number three. Good thing I told you there are four doors. So we still got one more door to explore. It sounds like door of the explorer, tee But I now present to you the fourth and final door. This one says, it's me again. Success, happiness, prosperity, and peace await for you. Open up. Everything your heart and mind could imagine is waiting for you on the other side. But before you open this door, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself, prepare yourself, prepare yourself. The fine print reads, you may not enter here with the same mindset that you've used before. Motivation will not be enough. Mm. It's looking like a good door but it came with a sign, a warning sign. Before you open this fourth door, the one I present to you, commit to who you want to become by the end of this journey. Prioritize learning how to be consistent in your choices. Prioritize learning how to love yourself so that you know that no matter what happens, you will remain focused. Be patient. Take your time on this journey. You will learn and become your most authentic and strongest self because yes, there will be days that feel like heaven, but not without going through some hell. So prepare yourself. Before you commit to the journey of your liberation, your preparation starts with healing. Anything that you want to find freedom in starts with you knowing how to define it. So you want to love? Great. How do you love yourself? You want wealth? 
Awesome. How do you manage the money you already got? You can't want more if you don't know how to use what you already have. Oh, so you want better relationships? Lovely. That one's going to require communication. Do you know what you want to say? Do you know how you feel? Can you name it? Because if you want to go deeper with someone, you probably want to know how to feel safe when you express yourself. Healing is being honest with yourself and coming to a self-awareness that you want to commit to the things that you want to live freely in. Some things won't require the same amount of time and energy as others. And sometimes you'll be working on something for a very long time, but that's because it runs deep. That's because it's important to you. That's also probably how far removed you've been from being your authentic and true self. So yes, that type of healing is going to take much longer. But remember, comparison is the thief of all joy. So along the way, empower yourself. Every time you get a win, big or small, when you learn something that is no longer working for you, you're going to try something new out. Encourage yourself along the way because you hold that power. You know how to be your biggest supporter. You have insight on the plan and foresight on where you are going. So empower yourself. One day, you're going to look up and you're gonna look around you and then you're gonna look back to where you started and you're going to realize, wow, this, this is different. This is definitely better. This is the life I want. And that, that's your liberation. Thank you so much for tuning into the Fiona podcast, a podcast by me for the people who want to live a life according to their purpose. Here, I get to share pieces of me that have shaped me into the beautiful, God-fearing Black queen that I am and love to be daily. I look forward to having these conversations with all of you that inspire us to discover the godly spirit we were given. We just finished episode four, where we talked about self-love being an act of discipline and therefore leading us to our liberation. This is why the Fiona podcast is different. We're going to talk about the behind the scenes. I'm committed to sharing some of my intimate practices and realities so that you can hopefully be affirmed in your practice. I really do believe that this self-liberation thing that I'm talking about can happen for anybody. So thank you again. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for listening to me. As we move forward with this podcast, I'm interested in doing a Q&A, some more focused topics, hosting some special guests, maybe even having some panels. I have a lot of dreams for this project. So thank you for sticking with me. And I hope you're looking forward to what's to come. <laughs> yeah, awesome.